What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the red wizard to my white knight, Lester Jones. Blue wizard shot the food. <laughs> That's all I could think of was Gauntlet 2. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever played Gauntlet 2, but the best 8 bit noise ever is the wizard when he gets hit by stuff. It's like, uh, it sounds like he's orgasming every time he gets hit. It's the every, every 10 seconds. <laughs> I remember I would play that, and I think there was like things you could hit that like wouldn't kill you but it would make him make the noise and i just find those and be like uh, uh. <laughs> gauntlet 2 <laughs> best nes game ever <laughs> uh not joining us here today is aj and I, I had this whole thing worked out where i was gonna say like you know to him D is dicking and delight and then i had this whole thing worked out and but no he had to go and Dick us with the dangle dong of destiny by not watching this movie. Um, I guess he's more of a Magic the Gathering type of guy. If anyone's uh, thinking about putting off hanging themselves to the end of the show, uh, <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> no, actually, anyone watching this, you're lucky. You just roll, rolled a 20 on your 20-sided die. Because not only do we have a review of Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, but, you know, we... we we don't just give you that surface level non-spoiler review. We will give you that, but we don't give you just that surface level review. Then we're going to give a real, you know, balls deep as the kids like to say, you know, scene by scene breakdown of the film. We're going to go we're going to get in there for you folks. Um, but surface level first. Uh, no spoilers, Lester. What did you think of this movie? Uh, not my favorite double Ds. <laughs> uh, see what I did there. I, no, no, it was a uh... It was pretty good. Not perfect, but decent. It was nice to have a a bit of a breath of fresh air in a different direction, I think. Yeah, before we get into this, let me just say, as I pull up the Rotten Tomatoes here, 90% right now on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and audience score 93. So it seems like uh, most people are liking this. Uh, and the official synopsis reads as thus. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers undertake an epic heist to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves brings the rich world and playful spirit of the legendary role-playing game to the big screen in a hilarious and action-packed adventure. Uh, the film stars Chris Pine as Edgin, Michelle Rodriguez as Holga, Roger Jean Page as Zinc, um, Justice Jesse Smith as Simon, Sophia Lillis as Doric, Chloe Coleman as Kira, Daisy Head as Safina, and Hugh Grant as Forge. I remember like three of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got to say like, because I, I, I'm, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I don't have any sort of like, you know, hang up about it. Uh, I could maybe be convinced to play it. Um, but the thing that actually got me was the trailers for this movie, which I thought made it look really, really fun. I will say I did like, just like you, I did like the movie. But I think even you said like when we first got out, I thought you, you said like, I thought the script could have been maybe a little funnier. And I think I kind of agree with that. I think maybe this script could have used one final punch up by some funny people. Maybe just, you know, I, I was kind of hoping for like a, almost like a Guardians of the Galaxy in the fantasy realm. And it didn't quite get there for me. The trailers really made it look like it was going to have a pretty heavy comic undertone. And I, I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it, it's not as strong as I would have thought. Yeah, they're definitely, and, and Chris Pine really is is a, like a charming actor. He's, he, and he, he is like the funniest part of the movie but yeah for me i never lol it was it was more like oh that was amusing i suppose but i i would have hoped for some funnier bits in the movie overall i think there were a couple parts i thought were funny but yeah it, it, it i thought there would be quite a bit more. um i also liked uh, michelle rodriguez as kind of like the badass female uh <laughs> character I always like her, but then I'm like, damn, she's a lesbian. Isn't it true? I thought that was true. Isn't she a lesbian? I think she might be bisexual. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm back on board. 50-50 shot. <laughs> she's like, even if I was straight, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she was great in the movie. And, uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with the, the rest of the supporting cast, but I didn't think there was any duds. I thought everybody uh, held their own and, and contributed what they needed to. Um. So just based on uh, – we'll, we'll save our final scores for for the very end. But where would you rate this just on a like um, – should people see it in theaters? Should people wait for streaming? Should people not watch it all type of scale? 
I don't know. I've been enjoying getting out of the theaters and just get out of the house and do something, watch something. I, I, I think it's just a, it's a fun little romp. I agree. I think there's enough here to recommend actually paying the ducats to go see it on the big screen. I, I, I had a fun time. Um, and uh, do you think, you know, I, I, I mean, I suppose it depends on how this does box office wise, um, but would you be interested uh, in, a, in a sequel to this or do you think? I mean, maybe I, I would. It almost always depends on like the ratings. I'm like, yeah, if it's rating okay, I'd watch another one. That's true. If they say hey, it's a piece of shit, then I'd, I'd probably just take a pass. So <laughs> it could go either way. Um, is there anything else you want to hit on before we get into spoilers and, and, and do a little more in-depth talking? I think we can start rolling through the plot. All right, guys. Spoilers ahead. Um, um, I took uh, some copious notes here. So, uh, but as always, uh, feel free to... Yeah, I've got my, my scattered memory where I'll probably be able to contribute once in a while. It is tough to remember, but I, I wrote down as much as I could remember. Uh, so we opened the movie at a prison setting. There's... Um, uh, you know, I'm not of like a huge fantasy people. I, I wrote an orc. He's certainly orcish. What would you call that creature that's that's being brought to the prison? Yeah, he's yeah, he's some kind of troll or orc or something. <laughs> something in that family. <laughs> <laughs> not quite human. Uh, but anyway, he's uh, brought to the prison cell, uh, and we're introduced to Egan, of course, played by Chris Pine, and Holga, who is played by Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, Edwin is knitting some mittens, and Holga is eating a potato, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's a recurring bit. Yeah, it is a recurring bit. She loves her potato. And uh, Egan <laughs> says, you know, tells the orc, I wouldn't bother when she's eating her potato. Anyway, this orc starts uh, kind of uh, aggressively sexually hitting on <laughs> Holga, and she like immediately like breaks his legs <laughs> and knocks him out. <laughs> Simultaneously breaks both his legs. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me. Like I only watched that that Birds of Prey movie once because it wasn't very good. But do you remember that bit where like the guy like has his legs extended and Harley Quinn like just like jumps on his knees and like totally that, that vaguely <laughs> rings a bell. Um. So that now it goes to a scene where Ed and Holga are outside doing like hard prison labor, where I guess they just break ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of breaking rocks, you break ice. Break ice. Yeah. And they have this conversation where uh, Ed. Um, I'm going to just call him Ed instead of egging going forward because we're tight like that. Um, so Ed mentions that uh, their parole hearing is the next day and that one of the judges there um, might be able to help, uh, you know, get them released from jail. Now, they don't really go into like the reasoning there, but I was th- – my thought when he was saying that was like, okay, either like this guy has a, some sort of past with Ed. Right. It sounds like it's somebody he knows. Where he may be actually sympathetic or it's someone who knows who um, will somehow try to you know break him out. But it ends up being a little bit different than that. Um, anyway, so now we cut to this this parole hearing and there's like a few like – there's like three judges there. But the one he wanted to be there is delayed because there's like a storm going on. Jonathan. Is that, if, it, that <laughs> if you want to make like a fantasy name, you just change like one letter. Yeah, instead of Chad, be, Chode. Yeah. You'd be like Zonkery or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you, of course, Molesto. It doesn't get him Molesto. <laughs> you'd be Molesto a, the Fabulous. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so basically he's... The Guild of Molesters. (laughs) That's the the guild you want to stay away from, though. Even worse than the Red Wizards. Have a worse reputation than the thieves. (laughs) They'll steal your innocence. (laughs) Anyway, so there's like three judges there, but yeah, Jonathan's missing. Um, so Ed is, is, uh, kind of telling his backstory, uh, to gain sympathy to the judges. Uh, first off, we find out that him and Holga have been in prison for, I believe, two years, they say. Um, so Ed's telling his backstory. Apparently, he used to be a, a, um, a member of this Harper organization, which is basically this ring of spies. He took a vow to that group. And as like part of the part of the vow, I don't know if there's like a, a vow of poverty, but they, at least they don't pay for his work. So he's still poor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like he became a thief because that guild wasn't paying or something, <laughs> right? Um, but anyway, despite that, he he leads a pretty happy life. He he's got a wife that he loves, and they just had a newborn child. Um, so like they're happy, but at the same time they're poor and they're eating like bad soup and stuff. 
Um, he says that during his time with the Harpers, he helped put away like bad guys, like like certain mercenaries and stuff. And he also put away like who I guess in the D and D world is like the most dangerous clan, the Red Wizards. He put away some Red Wizards. Um, they're like the most dangerous sorcerers. At least that's what I kind of gain not being familiar with D and D. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like I know something about Dungeons? <laughs> well, is that what you thought? Is like the Red Wizards? They must be the the real. Apparently, they're the real buttholes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so one day he's he's in his village, and some Red Wizards ride um, past, uh, um, heading in the direction of his house. Well, towards his village. Maybe he's on the outskirts of his village. So that worries him. He runs in there. Uh, but by the time he gets to his house, his wife has been uh, stabbed with a red wizard blade, which I guess is something you can't come back from. It's like fatal. Right. It's yeah. <laughs> it's one of those yeah <laughs> wounds that you die from every time. Red warrior is about to die. <laughs> Um, anyway, she, she's dying, but she at least safely hid their child in this like secret panel of their house. Um, so now we go to the, um, funeral at, at, uh, his wife's funeral. Ed, um, apparently like anytime someone takes a vow, like they, they do it on these like tiny little books. So the, the book that like was to symbolize his vow to the Harpers, like he threw that in the fire. And so he's done with them. And we see the first appearance of a dragonfly, which will come back uh, into play later. Um, um, so while drunk at a bar, um, he, he has his baby, but like he's not doing well. He's getting drunk all the time. And so Holga sees this and kind of ends up joining them, mostly, I think, to take care of Kira, the, the, his child. Yeah, I guess that's Because the... she's like, somebody's got to be responsible for this child, and it's not going to be him. Um, anyway, so they're poor, so they turn to thievery to live, basically. And for several years, it kind of works out for them. So it's like him and Holga, and and uh, we see Kira like grow like a couple. I don't know, maybe to age five or so, something like that, four or five. Um, at one point, Holga steals a necklace for Kira, um, which um, allows her to turn invisible. Um, and then they they kind of this is all done like in this montage where eventually they're joined by a con man named Forge that's uh, Hugh Grant's character and a petty sorcerer named Simon which is uh, Justice Smith's character um they uh eventually catch the attention of Sophina um um a sorceress and so she basically wants them to rob this i guess like well protected keep and um Ed doesn't want to do it I think because of, like the riskiness of the job, but um, they tell him that the, this keep contains a resurrection stone that can bring his wife back to life. Right. Um, now I forget was was because I know like before they told him that like he didn't want to do it, but was it just because it was a risky job, or was there more to it than that? I, I kind of forget. Yeah, I think it's just risky. Okay. Now, Ed, he, he decides not to tell Kira about the stone because he doesn't want to get her hopes up in case the job doesn't work out. Um, so while they're in the keep, they, they infiltrate tr- infiltrate the keep, but Ed accidentally trips the alarm when he takes the resurrection stone. It was it was like there was like this tiny, like almost like spider web. Yeah, it was like a, attached with a spider attached, web. And when he pulled it, like it, it broke and the alarm set off. Um, so a bunch of guards come in, and Sophina like starts to like um, attack them, and which Chris Pine has a problem with because he's like, we don't hurt people or whatever. Um, so this fight goes on for a minute, but basically, eventually, um, Ed and Holga are caught in this time bubble thing, um, <laughs> while everybody else manages to get away. So Forge, Sophina, and Simon get away. Before Forge leaves, though. Um, Ed tosses him the resurrection stone and to ask him to look after Kira. Um, so now it goes back to present day where they're at the, the parole hearing and Ed tells the judge that the worst crime he ever committed was robbing his daughter of a father. Um, so it kind of looks like the judges are going to deny them uh, parole. And that's when, uh, what do you call him, Jonathan? Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan shows up. So Jonathan is like this like bird-like creature. I don't <laughs> know exactly. Birdman. Yeah, bird- <laughs> Harvey Birdman. Um, 
And apparently their plan was like they didn't they didn't have like a history with this guy. They're just like, oh, he's a bird creature. We're gonna throw him out the window and ride him away. <laughs> that was their grand plan. Um, and as they're doing that, we also find out that the, the board like was gonna grant them parole, but now they're like, you know, instead they jumped out of a window. Right. <laughs> so yeah, they jump on this poor bird creature, Jonathan, and, and ride him, <laughs> ride him away. <laughs> It wasn't the smoothest getaway. Like they crash land. Yeah, it, like, it wasn't the greatest idea. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> Did they even make it outside of prison grounds? You think they didn't make it very far? Not very far. They like, made it like out on the lake or I something. Feel, I feel like if there were some good like well armed guards, they probably could have chased them down and got them or something. Part of me was like, yeah, there must have been like four four guards in this uh, like Siberian. Uh, gulag or whatever <laughs> it's like nobody wanted to chase him down out of that, in there well there's a part later on in the movie where we see a wagon with like a guy in there with like some sort of like crossbow gun and i'm thinking at this prison you'd think they would have had at least a couple of those guys okay, yeah something know, um they could have done something but uh, anyway they, they they end up getting away um let's see so now um at a bar ed and holga f- uh, find out that um forge has um, somehow became like the king of a, of a town. Yeah, some title lord something. Yeah, apparently, like, like I was confused as because I thought maybe since he was a con man, like he somehow used those skills. But I, I think like the guy that was the king, like something had happened to him, or maybe the sorceress. Well, at the something. end, they make it sound like he'd been put under. A, yeah, maybe like a sleeping spell. Like or Sophina something. must have put him to sleep or something. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he ended up getting in power. So they're like, oh, okay, so we're going to go see him, get my daughter back, get the stone back. Um, uh, when they arrive, Kira is like all happy to see Holga, um, but she visibly is like upset with her dad because um, she feels like he uh, abandoned her. Um, also, like as they're riding in a town, um, they mention that. They're bringing, I believe they called them like the Sun Games back, which apparently like they used to have these games, um, but they hadn't had them for a long time because basically they were like barbaric and like people would die during them. Yeah, it's like gladiator yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like gladiator stuff. So, um, but Forge is in power and he's he's bringing these games back. Um, um, so then Ed and Holga are greeted by Forge. Um, and at first, like, you know, he seems really happy to see him. He's like really hugging him and stuff. Um, and so they have a sit down with him and he reveals that like, he's still like in line with, uh, uh, Safina and she's like aided in his rise to power, um, here. Did he also get some like, like tablet of riches or something? Like, I felt like there was something that was supposed to be aiding him and gaining all this wealth. Well, so that's where the lie here is. Oh, okay. So, well, I, I, I do believe that they must have got some treasure from that keep they raided. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But basically, Forge takes his big heel turn here, and he lies to Kira and says that um, what Ed was after was a tablet of riches rather than that tablet of resurrection Yeah. Uh, to, to turn Kira against her. Now, here's my thing. is Ed Well, just, for a long time after that, I think I was, think I was thinking it was a tablet of riches, and he just lied to him. I, I was wondering that too because yeah, at this point in the movie, like you don't really know. Um, but one thing, so we we found out in their conversation that you know he has taken care of Kira, and actually Forge has kind of formed like a, um, he does care for her, kind right, of like there's a some dog. kind of bond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she does trust Forge, but the thing here is like I, I could see where it seems like she would be very distrusting of her dad. But she does seem trusting of uh, Holga. Yeah. And so I would at least think when Holga was like telling her that Forge is full of shit, that she would maybe at least kind of believe her. But she seems to believe Forge like completely right, right there. And so she, she runs off. Um, or maybe he asked her to leave. I can't uh, remember. Um, but then um, Sophina. Um, basically turns like the floor soft for a minute and like gets uh, Ed and Holga like caught in the floor. Um, let's see. Oh, where is it? Okay. So yeah. Um, and then Forge call, calls the guards to basically 
um, execute Holga and Ed. Um, we get a scene uh, with For- between Forge and Kira where um, he tells Kira that he just gave her dad the stone of treasure or tablet of right. treasure or whatever, and he took off because he doesn't care about her, you know, turning her against uh, Ed even more. Um, so then um, Holga and Ed are going to be um, beheaded, but then Holga, like, asked the executioner, like, oh, what do you, um, you know, use to clean your axe or whatever? And he's like, linseed oil. And she's like, how often? And he's like, every month. She's like, you really should do it every week or that's why it's getting rusty. And that, like, distracts him enough or whatever for her to, like, pull up a, a concrete brick. Like a cobblestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, like, basically easily, like, beats the ass of all these um Guards and, and meanwhile, like Ed, the whole time is struggling just to get out of his his restraints. <laughs> there was kind of a funny quip where at some point where he's like, "Yeah, we're kicking their ass or something." Right, or right, winning. right. I don't remember. <laughs> right. So that I, I do appreciate like that energy that like is in this movie. Um. So now they're leaving the town, and um. So basically, they put it together that um. Forge is bringing back these sun games so that like all the richy rich guys will like bet money on it. And he also, they put it together that if that's the case, they're going to have to have a vault to let all the rich guys put all their treasure in. Right. And so their plan then is to um, rob the vault. And I mean, I guess in the process, get Kira back as well. Yeah, I assume. I I guess it is the thought that the tablet's in with all this stuff. I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Like he's still trying to get that. Um, so first, um, so now they're going to put together a group for the heist. Uh, first, they, they need a sorcerer. Um, so they plan to track down Simon, even though he's kind of like not the greatest sorcerer. Um, so when they meet Simon, he's performing like really basic like magic tricks. Like he, he um, uh, lights his finger on fire and he like makes the, the room smell like freshly cut grass. Um, but really, he's just using these like. Um, you know, basic tricks to distract the audience while he like robs them of all their like jewelry and stuff. Yeah, he's got some other spell he's actually trying to do. Uh, but when Simon locks eyes with Ed and Holga, that distracts him and causes him to drop like this, you know, ball of treasures he's stealing from everybody. So now, like, those guys are trying to kill Simon and he ends up like. Which I thought maybe he would use a, a, again later. He has like this thing he turns on his belt and it like basically flips the gravity of the room upside down. Yeah, that was a, a little confusing. Was it the device or was there like a powder in there or something? I think it was the device. Because he seemed like kind of surprised. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, eventually this device causes him to like go through the roof and then he turns it back the other way and like conveniently like rolls down um, right onto Ed and Holga's horse and they, they get him out of there. Um, they have a quick conversation and Simon says um, if their plan's going to work, they're going to need a shapeshifter. Um, so he suggests Doric, who is this girl that he apparently tried to, to date before, but like she wasn't having him because he's like always like depressed or something. Right. <laughs> I have no self-confidence, guys. <laughs> something, something along those lines. Um, um, so they come upon, uh, or they discover Dork as she um, she changes, and this is a scene that was uh, featured in the trailer. She turns into this like owl bear creature uh, to save a member of her guild, and um, and then they show up and talk to her. And then so Doric reveals that basically she she kind of hates humans because her human parents abandoned her for being a a shapeshifter and she has like even though she shapeshifts she she does have like horns coming out of her head right I assume that's like her normal form is like I, a human with horns I think so um but she does agree to join join the team uh to bring down Forge because Forge is basically destroying her guild and her guild's land like to, it, it seemed like for a long time it was one of those things where like her guild had some sort of peace treaty with the kingdom, but now that he's in charge for some reason they're kind of been at war with each other. Yeah, hey, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly why. Probably after riches or right. something. She had to have some reason to be in the fight, right? Um. Um. Now we get a scene. Uh. uh Sophina's in a room by herself. Uh. She removes her hood and uh, reveals. 
uh, we see that she has all these markings on her head. <laughs> a bald, tattooed head. Which I think the, the markings on the head are like the sign of the uh, Red Wizards. I'm not entirely sure. That sounds sure. fair, I guess. And at the same time, like I think her cloak turned from black to red. Now, this was something I was unsure of. So she has this like conversation with some sort of like dark entity. Remember, there was like some sort of like guy there she was talking to. Yeah. Well, I think that's like. Well, there's this whole like thing where like somehow the Red Wizards brought this like death onto like a different place. Right. And I, I think that was the guy, and that like she serves him. That's what I was getting to. Like, like um, it's like the Keymaster Gozer type of thing, right. where like she's trying to bring this guy back into power. I think he's like Voldemort. He's not at full power. He's in the shadow, <laughs> right? Um, um, at the then, um, um, Forge comes in the room, and I think maybe in her conversation with that entity, she she basically says that she's using Forge as a means to an end or whatever. Anyway, Forge enters the room, and he's like, "Oh, maybe you should put that hood back on or whatever." <laughs> but he's like, um, I, "I need your help talking to the Richie Rich guys." Um, we see Forge shoo away a fly, which ends up being Dork, uh, you know, disguised as a fly. Um, so Dork um, witnesses Sophina tell these rich guys that the vault is protected by, like, some sort of really impenetrable spell. Yeah, some, some yeah, magic. Um, but then Sophina, with her magic, detects Dork's presence. And then we get this, like, big chase scene where she, you know, uh, by the skin of her teeth, like... You know, she has a ch- she ends up changing into like a mouse, and then like um, I know at one point a cat and like a bird and a and um, a deer and all these things to end up finally getting away. Yeah, big chase through the city, slides out through the uh, was it por- porticolis? How would you? What's the? I've never heard that I think word. The gate, br- the gate bridge on like a castle. <laughs> but yeah, she narrowly uh, narrowly escapes. Narrowly escapes, goes trotting down the road as a deer. But now she knows about the vault and the seal, and I don't know what else. That was the big thing. Um, so the she she mentions um, the name of that seal um, to Simon, and he he says that the vault can only be opened with like this special helm, and that nobody knows where it is. But apparently Holga's clan. Now Holga's backstory is she was part of this clan. But she fell in love with an outsider, so like they exiled her from from the clan, and we'll get later on to yeah, it's interesting. It's a little bit uh, bring some questions, <laughs> um, uh, but apparently that helm uh, was last seen in a battle that involved her people. Um, so Holga says um, um, basically that the last people, the last of her people to see that helm um, died, and that they can't have a conversation with him or. Are, I don't remember exactly, but Simon's like, well, actually, I have this special coin, and it allows me to talk to the dead and ask them five questions. Um, Simon has a private conversation with Ed where he tells them that, you know, even if we get this helmet, um, I, I need to attune to it, and I, I don't think I can do that. Um, but Ed's just like, well, you know, keep that on the down low. Nobody needs to know that. Um, oh, well, I guess I think – I don't know if – uh, I'm getting everything in order here, but we just talked about this, so let's get into it. So on their way, uh, I think to the graveyard, Holga um, does come upon her her like ex husband's house and decides to pay him a visit. Um, <laughs> so he is like I wouldn't call him a dwarf, but because of like his proportions, but he is like a, like a much smaller person <laughs> than she is. <laughs> it's interesting. Well. Because it's Bradley Cooper. Right, Bradley Cooper. And like, it's basically just a cameo. It is such a weird one. <laughs> I assume he's just friends with the directors. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know for sure, but that's my <laughs> assumption. But yeah, he has like one scene and they discuss their, their history or whatever. And it's it's weird because you know it's shot in like two different things and like the pieces don't fit together very well. <laughs> and you're like, this is like, this is kind of hokey, but I guess... But yeah, apparently, like she left her clan to be with this this little man, and also like we find out that his new girlfriend's like also like a big woman. <laughs> right. right. I just want to step in. I just uh, want to know what the how the sex works with him. <laughs> well, there's another scene later <laughs> with Holga, and there's another little man, and yeah. she's like giving him the eye. Yes, yeah, so she's like <laughs> she's definitely got a kink for these little guys. Little guys, yeah. <laughs> 
during sex, like his whole body just goes inside. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that was, um, oh, they also set up this thing where like apparently back in the day, Holga like gifted him a walking stick. And so he gives her back that stick and she leaves with it. Um, so now they go to this graveyard and they dig up a soldier and like th- they have this whole bit where they end up having to dig up a whole bunch of these guys um, because they either like mess up with the questions or like they ask a question which leads to another guy they have to dig up, which leads to another guy they have to dig up. Um, this is a scene that was played for laughs, but I, I feel like I, th- I thought the concept was funny. The concept was funny, but yeah. none of the particular jokes were that funny. I thought maybe they could have punched up that. Uh, but anyway, they ask uh, these you know series of guys, and eventually they find out that the last person to have the helm was Zank. Um, now Zank is a member of they mention a tribe that Ed has a history with. Now I forget the name of that tribe. But is his tribe basically the ones that, like, uh, like he wasn't a red, him and his people weren't red wizards, but it seemed like the red wizards controlled their group or were somehow in line with, like, their people or something. I, I was confused. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking when they say Ed has a history with them, they mean because the red wizard killed his wife, but I'm not sure. Um, so at, at this point, Ed, like, wants to find some other way besides getting the helm um, because he really doesn't want to deal with this guy. And they also mentioned that the last person Zank was seen with was the Harpers. So he's like, oh, now I'm going to have to go, you know, possibly, you know, the the group he used to belong to. And he doesn't want to mess with that either. So he, he really doesn't want to, but they have a conversation. Like all the other guys want to go that route. And he, he realizes they don't really have a, a better option. Um, so yeah, we're introduced to Zank and like, he just seems like a real, like do-gooder, like almost like Jesus type figure. Like we made him rescuing like a, a child from like a fish's mouth and like, he's given like coins to the poor and stuff like that. It was kind of weird the way they treated him. Cause I, I expected him to become part of the group and like he shows up and like he kicks some ass and then like, he just walks off. Yeah. He never really becomes part of the group. He's really just in this one part of the movie. I also kind of like, even if after he walked off, I was vaguely expecting he'd come back again. I mean, he does a little bit at the very end, but not in a significant way, really. Um, um, so Ed, they have this whole back and forth where Ed and this guy like really don't get along. Um, we also get a scene somewhere along at this point in the movie um, where Sophina gets one of her um, because because um, you know she found um, I guess Dork you know um, spying on her. Like now she wants to be proactive and and go after like Ed's group because she knows he's planning some something nefarious. So she uh, like hires one of her guys to spy on him and also has that same guy like kill all the guys that um messed up and didn't ex- execute him oh, properly right. yeah i forgot about that um um so zank tells the story you mentioned this earlier of how a rogue red wizard um basically turned his people into the undead i guess kind of like zombie-like figures yeah they like call down this like red powder or something red smoke yeah, it's kind of like smoke that comes down from the sky and then like blankets out over the land and like anyone who breathes it gets zombified. Now, I was confused because like – so at the time, he was just a child and did he get like par- partially hit by the smoke? To- right. That's what I think. Like he got like like a half dose or something and didn't quite die but like – Took away of all his emotions or something. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he mentions that part of – it took part of his humanity or something and I think it put like – um, because he has like a like yeah left tattoo on his head, tattoo yeah. mark on his head. So it did something to him. Um, so he says, um, at one point, like he's like, I'll help you, but he makes um Ed take a vow that he'll share the treasure with the town once he gets it. Right. And Ed takes the vow, and he's like, I know you don't believe that vow now. But I think you will eventually, or so, something, something along like that, those lines. Yeah. Um, so he says he hid the, the helm in a place he calls the Underdark. So he takes the group there. Um, Zank does have a conversation with Ed about the Resurrection Stone, um, where he says that, you know, 
bringing back someone to life, you might be robbing them of whatever their new life is. Mm. And so that'll come into play as well. Um, they are being spied on by one of Sophina's men. I don't know if it's that same one she just hired in like the scene before it could be. And it seems like that guy and is like also like a former member of Zank's tribe, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway, they end up finding what uh, Zank calls like uh, the orifice or something, which is this hole in the ground that that leads to the underdark. <laughs> why is why is it joking? John, there's a hole. It's like we gotta go in the orifice. I'll give him credit. It's better than just the hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, why you gotta call it the orifice? Um, so they get down there, and like, there's this big long bridge leading to where they go, and he's like, "Okay, we gotta step on these like steps in the right place, like." Um, odd numbered steps only, and then like, that, like, why didn't he just like lead them through the steps? Like he tells them all these like <laughs> mathematical formula to get across this bridge. It does seem like it would have been smarter, just like follow my lead, don't don't mess it up. Uh, but basically, Simon accidentally takes a step under the bridge, and it just the whole thing collapses into hot lava. Um, but then conveniently, uh, we find out that Holga's walking stick is actually a portal gun that works just like the the portal yeah. gun from Portal. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> And so that gets them across. Like uh, they use it a couple times. But I thought they might do some like one of those plays where you do the infinite falling or something. I thought they might do that too. It could have been fun. Um, so they end up they find the helm, uh, but then are uh, you know uh, instantly confronted by Sophina's men. And I think Zank. The reason I said that one guy was a former member of Zank's tribe, I think, is because I think he has a conversation here with them and and find that out. Um, anyway, Zank defeats uh, most of them all at once. He, he's got like this blade that he can make glow white and their blades um, glow like green or something. Uh, one of the guys like puts up a little more fight, but he, he, he does eventually beat him. But then I think they instantly kind of start coming back to life. Right. You can't kill them because they're already dead. Right. So he's like, we all we can do is run from them. Uh, so they, they do start to run, but then they all uh, basically run into this corner where this drag, this like overweight fat dragon, uh, comes out, and so the dragon first like eats some of the the bad guys, and then starts uh, chasing the good guys. Yeah, it's just like sliding and rolling after right. them. <laughs> right. Um, at one point, they use the portal gun again to um, like get above. Um, eventually, uh, and this scene was in the trailer as well, like Ed's about to get eaten, but Zank stabs the dragon and gets, um, Ed out of there. Oh, yeah. Um, but eventually the, this, I didn't fully understand. So they get like cornered by the dragon. It's Cause it doesn't fully make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the dragon's kind of like wrecking shop and it causes like water to start flowing in as well. And Ed's like, oh, I think I got an idea, Simon. And he says like... You know that trick you did, you know, before. And so what I was thinking here was that he was going to somehow use the anti-gravity thing to get him out. I, I didn't right. know how exactly. exactly. But instead, they, they, they waited for the water to get high. And then Simon lifted his finger out and lit his finger. And I guess the dragon had, like, filled the air with, like, flammable air or something? Right. Apparently, yeah, they breathed the flammable gas. And then that was just the ignition. Which seems like a horrible plan. But. So, can the dragon not create fire in this universe? I don't know. It didn't seem like it was creating fire. Yeah, it seemed like... Because it would, like, breathe on them, and, but not actually roast them. So, it's like, in this universe, like, maybe the dragon has to, like, blow on fire to get a fire stream going. I don't know exactly how it works. But anyway, it causes this explosion, and then it just cuts to them, like, coming out of the ocean. Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, they're in this cavern that was, like, leaking seawater. So, they're just like, oh, we must be in a cave under the ocean. Let's create an explosion. <laughs> and then they wash up on shore. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very convenient where you just go, okay, I guess that worked. I was kind of like, I wonder what happened to that guy's finger. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his fire finger. He's, he's magic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so the, that scene, uh, I think, could have maybe used a little more... <laughs> <laughs> explanation or just the better way of getting them out of there. It was a little weird. But yeah, they escaped with the helm. They did. Um, let's see. So when they get back online, on land, uh, Simon puts on the helm to try to attune to it. So basically when he puts it on him, time stops and he's greeted by like his an ancestor, his like a great grandfather or something. 
And I forget their conversation, but basically this ancestor is telling him that he's not worthy of the helm, basically. And he keeps, like, hitting him, which causes him to fly back and the helmet to come off and, and you know, puts time going again. So, like, Ed, Ed basically in the group just saw him put on the helmet and then it get immediately knocked off of him. They don't know what happens, you know, in between. Um, but Ed basically tells Simon just to, you know, keep at it, keep trying it. And he's going to take a nap because they got like so many hours before they need to go or whatever. Um, so as Ed, Ed's sleeping, we get a flashback where Ed and his wife are um, uh, underneath the blankets. And like, I guess like he's afraid of this dragonfly that's in their house or something. And his wife's like, oh, stop being a coward. So they get out from under the blankets. He's trying to like capture the dragonfly, but she's like, no, don't do it that way. And she like opens the window and the dragonfly goes out and she's like see you just gotta learn to uh let it out or something so i'm like uh, better out than in i always say so i'm like okay a, a very obvious metaphor here about him letting go uh maybe maybe a little uh on the a little ham-fisted maybe maybe a little bit uh uh unsubtle if you will um let's see um so simon keeps failing and reveals that he can't attune to the helm. And basically he tells the group here that um, about how he told Ed earlier that he, he wasn't going to be able to. And that Ed had him keep it a secret. So now they're all pissed off at Ed. Um, and then Ed basically gives this speech where he's like, um, we've all messed up. I, I mean, I don't even know his, his words exactly. But it was this raw, raw speech that basically ended up getting them all back on his side and he said he was the biggest screw up of them all and in fact it was him that got his wife killed uh, because so i didn't mention this earlier but when they were montaging his life as a harper uh, at one point he was bringing in a, a, a red wizard and he looked over and kind of saw like the red wizard's gold well we find out that he stole a piece of red wizard gold but all the red wizard gold is enchanted uh with basically like a, a magical GPS. Um, so they were uh, able to follow that gold right back to his house, which is what led to his wife being killed. Um, so from there, the team makes a new plan uh, where they won't have to use the helm. Um, so basically what they're going to do, and I thought this was at least like a creative idea. They're going to use the portal gun to put a portal on like a, a piece of treasure, like a painting. And then that painting will be brought into the vault, and then they can just portal into the portal, into the portal, into the vault. Um, so they have this whole thing where, yeah, they put the portal on a, um, the painting and, um, they like portal it into this wagon, uh, that's being taken to the castle. Right. It's very, uh, tricky how they, they get it, but, but basically they need to put the painting onto one of these, Wagon so it can go into the vaults. Yeah, at some point I kind of got confused, but I'm like, I'm sure someone did the homework to where this portal <laughs> thing's making sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, they, they get it on there. Now, um, so they get to the town, but the problem is the um, treasure gets put portal face down onto like um, the rocks. Um, so they're like, oh, shoot, now we're not going to be able to get in there. Um, so Doric, she's trying to chip a hole in the rock, uh, enough to where she can possibly turn into a worm and like worm her way through. Um, but then Ed's like, okay, we need another plan. You, you are in fact going to have to attune to the helmet. And Simon's like, but I can't, but he, he tells him, you know what your thing is? You can only do it when the pressure's on. So this is his grand plan. He's like, I, I'm sure that when the pressure's on and your life is on the line, you're going to be able to do it. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. <laughs> um, um, and and then also, they don't really use these much, um, but Simon gives them these rocks that um, allows them to communicate oh, with yeah, each yeah. other. Walkie-talkies. Um, we get a scene where Forge... Rocky-talkies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> If they don't call them Rocky Talkies in the next movie, they done messed up. Um, so we get a scene where Forge is brought up on this pedestal, 
and he welcomes everyone to the arena. And he promises everyone that they will get a special prize at the end of the games. Um, so now the team gets into the castle grounds. I, I thought this bit was was pretty funny just in its weirdness so they create a hologram a magical hologram of ed where he's playing the lute which is like something he does i didn't i didn't understand exactly what happened during this but yeah <laughs> well so the lute is like singing the guards this song and distracting them but then i guess simon like somehow like messes up the spell so like this hologram like starts getting like really distorted and weird and like it, it starts like um almost like a record skip like you know, keep skipping, but then like his face like starts melting and his eyes get all weird. And finally the guards realize that they're behind them and like causing the, the whole ruckus. Um, so basically Holga and Simon run off in one direction and Ed goes to, um, save Kira. And so Holga ends up defeating like a bunch of guards. And like, I think she like burned some of them and like, like, because they're in, like, the armory or whatever. Yeah. So, I think she, like, burns a guy and, like, beats all the other ones. And she ends oh, up... yeah. Doesn't somebody get, like, his face dipped in, like, lava or something? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I want to say that's something. It's that, like molten metal. Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, anyway. I will say, like, I don't think there was any, like, spectacular action in this movie. Like, right. serviceable, but nothing that really stands out is like, oh, my God, that was awesome. Maybe I'm just, after seeing... Like John Wick last week. <laughs> I'm unimpressed now by the action. Um, so, yeah, her, like, taking out the guards allows Simon to get to the vault. And, like, he's getting surrounded by guards. And turns out Ed was right because he puts on the helmet. And um, he tells off his ancestor who then, like, turns into, like, an older version of himself or something. Yeah, and, basically it's like he was the only thing stopping himself or something. Right, yeah. right. Um, so basically the helmet like kind of sends out this like signal that defeats the guards in the room and opens the vault. Uh, so Simon and Hol- Holga enter the vault and they're captured by these magical tentacles that come out of the ground. Uh, Doric, who, while she was like chipping away at the thing, like there was these guards coming for her too, but she, she ends up worming her way through the portal just in time. Um, so she enters which, where she thinks is in the vault but is actually in an area below the arena, and she sees that all the treasure is actually being loaded onto a ship. Um, And then she is knocked out by a guard. Um, Ed finds Kira, but as he has a quick conversation, uh, it turns out that it wasn't Kira at all. It's actually Sophina disguised as Kira. And she uses her magic to also get him in magical tentacles. Um, So now Forge enters the room, and Ed and Forge have a conversation, and Ed actually convinces Forge to give at least give them a fighting chance and put them in the arena games. Right. And he agrees to that. Um, so now um, um, they come to and they're on this elevator leading them to the arena games. And basically they put it together that Forge is um, going to make off with all the treasure. Right. Um, that's being loaded into the boat. Um, it's revealed that Simon and Doric have magic dampening bracelets on, so she can't transform and he can't use his magic. Um, and so the way these games work is it's basically a huge maze. And there's also other groups of people besides them. And basically, um, there's these, <clears throat> uh, kind of panther-like, uh, monster sicked on them. And they have to get to the center of the maze. There's like this cage in the center, uh, they have to get to in order to be safe. <clears throat> and there's also like uh, chests that have like weapons in them, um, and also one from the trailer that the chest is actually a monster and goes after uh, Holga. Um, anyway, at one point, Ed and Simon get separated from Doric and Holga, and like Doric gets her hand stuck in this weird block of goo, right? <clears throat> uh, and Holga pulls her out, and it like. R- uh, removes her bracelet, which I'm like, how does that work exactly? That seemed yeah. a little convenient. Because it's uh, slimy. I guess. <clears throat> anyway, um, after uh, they eventually make it to the center of the maze, <clears throat> but Ed realizes, like, for them, like, this isn't going to help them because um, uh, they're not going to get away from Forge by 
like they might make it to the next round of the games, but they're like, we're not going to get away. <clears throat> so they end up doing this thing where they all jump into the goo block. And then um, because Dork has her powers back, she's able to turn into a snake, get out of the goo block, and then pull the other guys out. <clears throat> and somehow, like... Well, because some of the blocks go up and down, like apparently the goo block went down. Yeah, the and goo block. Now they're under the uh, yeah. arena. Yeah, the goo block went down. So now conveniently they're under the arena where they wanted to get to in the first place. <clears throat> uh, so now they make their way to the boat that's full of treasure. Um, and that's when <clears throat> Ford shows up with Kira. Um, so they tell, um, basically tell Kira of Forge's treachery. <clears throat> and now he just like. Uh, lets it be known that he's a piece of <laughs> piece of shit. He puts a blade to Kira's throat. <clears> throat> uh, so this is where the potato comes back into play. Holga hits Forge with a potato, and between that and like Simon using, oh, I guess he does kind of use his gravity magic here to like um, make a wave that gets the boat out faster. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, they get away. Um, um, we find out that the reason. <clears throat> like basically Safina, um, like her and Forge's plan was like Forge would get these riches, but the games would get everyone in the arena <clears throat> so that Sophina could unleash that plague that we've seen before and turn everybody in the re- arena into zombies. Um, so the team, they're out in the boat, they're getting away, but as they turn around, they can kind of see, cause like, when Sophina gets this power ready, it's like it kind of makes these like weird like branches in the sky. Yeah, like the the red gas starts coming down out of the sky. Yeah, and at first she she um um just like turns the Richie Rich guys into zombies, I guess, so that we know. Right, a couple <laughs> people who are really close to the epicenter. Right. But as they're seeing this, like Ed's like, oh man, we gotta we gotta turn the ship around. So they start actually heading back. <clears throat> um, so they get back. Well, like first Forge is like trying to put together a team of guards to go after them, but then he notices like the oh the boat's back. They actually came back for some reason. He goes to the boat, but then he what he realizes is like all the treasures falling out of the boat. Because what they did is they put one. They used the portal gun. They put one portal or the portal staff, I guess. They put one portal on the the boat and the other portal on like this balloon that's flying over the city, right? So that the treasure um, is funneling is out. falling out. So basically, what their plan is is to use that falling <laughs> treasure to lure all the citizens out of the arena so they don't get turned into zombies. But then I'm like. Okay, does this red cloud? It really just has the, the it could you know it can only go as far as the arena. Like it couldn't. This yeah, there's red, only so much cloud to go around. Yeah, like this. Apparently, the smoke it, it couldn't possibly make it out of the arena. The arena. So, uh, Sophina's plans here um, don't work. Um, <clears throat> and and Forge ends up the only treasure he can get his hands on is like this red, like huge, like I don't know, like vase chalice, like a trophy type. chalice, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, so now Safina gets in a fight with the team. Um, she brings this dragon statue to life and it ends up fighting with like Holga and, and Ed. Um, eventually Doric hits Safina with a slingshot, uh, which breaks her concentration. Uh, Safina, there's probably things in this fight that I'm forgetting, but I'll, I'll hit the broad strokes anyway. At one point, Safina sends Ed and Holga away in like this bubble. Do you remember that? They like oh, right, get wrapped right. they up get in, trapped in a bubble and roll down the street. Right. Um, she almost kills Doric, um, with like, she makes like this magical fist, but then Simon also makes like a magical fist out of like rocks. And so then, uh, him and Sophina, uh, um, have this like arm wrestling, arm wrestling, <laughs> magical arm wrestling. Um, eventually, uh, Sophina uses, uh, a time bubble to freeze the group. And I don't know if we find this out here or if this was revealed early, earlier on, but basically, we find out that it was actually Safina that tra- uh, trapped Ed and Holga when they originally robbed the keep in the beginning. Right. It became clear at some point. Yeah. It, um, basically, they meant to capture Simon at that point, too, but he, he was able to get away. So so th- they planned on getting them caught um, earlier on. Um, so, oh... It, it's now we get a reveal that they aren't actually frozen. They're just pretending, p- 
pretending to be frozen because what they did is they had Kira put on her invisibility necklace and then she put one of those magic damp dampener bracelets on Safina. Uh, so now Doric is able to change back into her like Albert uh, persona and and basically we get the um, um, Loki Hulk scene from yeah, I just pummels her <laughs> from Avengers one where you, she's just like easily just like pummels her you know yeah and beats her. Um, so they all win, they're all happy, but then, oh, it turns out that at some point during that battle, Holga was stabbed with the red wizard blade, which of course we know is fatal. Impending. Absolute death. <laughs> um, and so, um, she dies, um, as she's dying, a dragon, or maybe right after, a dragonfly lands on, uh, Ed's arm. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think the dragonfly is just supposed to symbolize his dead ex-wife, or do you think it's actually his dead ex-wife reincarnated, and that's her new life, as what's-his-name mentioned? I don't know. I just think it's like one of those symbols that comes back. <laughs> yeah, I was. well, I was like, I didn't know if like it was a symbol or if maybe we're supposed to believe it really is her. Maybe. Let it go. Um, so between that and basically, I think Ed, he has his memories of Kira and Holga together and basically realizes, you know, that to Kira, Holga basically is her mother or at least the, the closest thing she's had to a motherly figure, you know, in her life. Um, so he decides to use the resurrection stone on Holga and he brings Holga back to life. I mean, I, I don't think we see her get stabbed in the fight. Like it just like comes out. Yeah. That's another thing is like, it, it's done totally off panel. Right. And then, so when it cuts to her after the fight and like, oh, well, I guess he has to bring her back now. It's, it's like, there's no surprise. It's just like, you know, what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel bad about her dying. You know, she's going to be back to life. Yeah. Once she starts dying, you can pretty much go, oh, okay. I know what's going to happen here. And then we just get various, like, wrap-up scenes. Um, the team are given, like, medals by the city, like, end of Star Wars style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the the old Lord Fauntleroy, <laughs> he woke up from his slumber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's back in charge. Um, and because of that, like, we see Dork's clan, they get, like, a new peace treaty or whatever with the kingdom, so they're happy. Um, like you were saying, Holga, she she meets another like little man, so she's all horny for him. Um, Doric agrees to give Simon another chance, so he's all happy. Um, and then we get a scene where Forge is captured by that uh, Zank, so he does come back a little bit. And then we end um, on Forge's uh, parole hearing. He, he's been in prison now for a year. And uh, he tries to escape in the same way that Ed and Holga did by escaping on Jonathan's wings. Uh, but now it turns out that they, like, uh, I guess smartly walled up that window. <laughs> yeah, they walled up the window and put, a, like, a big curtain in front of it. So he just jumps it just into smashes into the wall, yeah. And that's it. That's the joke they decided to end on. Did I miss anything substantial? The finger in the tea. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, there was a scene like early on when they first meet Forge where he's like, he's like, this tea is scorching hot, but we got a fire whoever made this. <laughs> like he keeps going back to it like three times and then he holds it up to that red wizard and she like puts an ice finger in it and he's like, oh, you, yeah, I didn't realize you were going to put your finger actually in it. <laughs> right. I'll just save this for later. <laughs> right. yeah. I thought that was one of the better jokes. That was one of the better yeah, jokes. I did forget about that scene. <laughs> Ah, it's piping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more of those jokes. <laughs> yeah, more more scalding tea jokes. But yeah, all right. Um, um, well, do you got anything else you want to talk about before we get to the scoring round? I don't think I. Yeah, I think we hit pretty much everything. All right. Well, I guess it's nut cutting time. What would you give Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves on a scale of one to ten? I might go like a seven. It was fun, a little bit campy, a little bit lighthearted. Just something a little different was nice. Yeah, I hate to be a copycat, but seven out of ten is what I had in mind as well. I had fun with the movie, um, but I do think there's room for improvement if they end up doing a sequel. Um, but yeah, I think it just, um, uh, a little funnier could have been a, 
a little funnier, um, but um, an enjoyable time. And, you know, as someone like me who isn't really into fantasy, this I, I feel like this tone makes it a little more palatable for me. So, I like it. Um, okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our review. If you did, please, please share it with your, I don't know, grandpappy. Does your grandpappy watch these things? Um, but no, uh, we do thank you. Uh, please subscribe both to the YouTube channel and to uh, the <laughs> podcast and audio forum on your podcast service of choice. Uh, leave us those thumbs up, uh, comments. Uh, we do we enjoy comments. More comments, the better. And um, if you'd like, you can also come uh, over on Twitter and talk to us on Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter? At unsolicited sug. And he's, even though he's not here, I believe you can uh, find AJ at a name for this two, and that's the number two apparently. And you can find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z A C H J O N E S L I V E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. You have a good one.